Um, I'll just wait for um, June to get here so I can explain something to him. Okay. Alrighty then. Alright, I'm back. I'm just gonna say I'm prob any questions I ask will probably be quite um ven like venue related because I actually live in Manchester. Um I assume you're American, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um right. Ace, um I'll mute my mic and you can start. I'll ask my questions towards the end. I'll like just unmute it if I lose track. Right. Yeah. Later. <laughs> can you hear me clearly? I can. Yeah. Uh, are you guys recording it? Uh, it says it's recording, so we can only. Okay. Hope. Good. All right. Yep. We live in hope. Just to see what it's like. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of clackety clack there. Yeah, I, I, that's why I suggested it. I know. <laughs> big, big, big major fault of the Mac, really. Headset broke. Laptop, really. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm waiting for my sound card from China. It's just from China. Good luck with that. <laughs> oh no, we're actually supposed to be really good. It's a C Media one. Yeah, six weeks later. <laughs> it's a EMS though, and it's in the UK. It's just stuck in customs. Yeah, I was oh, going to say they need to smuggle it past customs. Is the problem? <laughs> right, guys. All right, I'll just right, so start typing. I'll mute my mic um, if I've got any. Start it off. Yeah. Right. Let's go. Okay, so um, what are you guys um proud about uh, your con? And tell me more about uh, BuckCon and what it's all about. Well, that's all quite right. an easy question to answer. BuckCon is the best con in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Going straight in there. Going straight in there, I like it. Go, go uh, straight, straight on the record, best con in the world. It's been recorded. It's in the notes. So it's a, it's a legitimate now. It is scientifically the best kind. It's scientifically world. proven by some company somewhere. Yeah, I've, I've, I've tried to be nice, you know, because I don't want to insult our fellow uh, convention runners and, and, and things. But I, I said this in, in one of our internal chats the other day. And I said, oh, well, Buck is one of the best conventions. And they went, no, it's the best. That was from one of our uh, French members, so, you know. Can't deny facts. You cannot deny proven facts. The thing, the thing is, we had people last year who came, and they came up to me at the end, and they said, we just came from BronyCon, uh, and now we've come to Buck, and it was better. <laughs> uh, so what exactly did they say was better about BuckCon than BronyCon? That's the thing. Everything. The fact the is, is, yeah... It, it's the structure of events that we have that make, that tends to make Buck stronger, I believe, is that most of the cons, they tend to say, okay, we've got a couple of big rooms and we'll throw a couple of people who are semi-horse famous onto a panel and leave them to it. And that's it. That's that's it. That's the con. It's a series of those events, basically. Yeah. And, and then maybe... Yeah, that's, that's then they'll have a big vendor hall. And I then, can remember that. Yeah. And I mean, if you, and then if you're lucky, you know, they'll do some kind of musical event that will be a glorified disco, depending on the scale of the hall. Yeah, the, uh, um, yeah, the loser. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Most of, most of the musical events are basically a school disco. Yeah. Uh, whereas got... what, what we're running is we're we're running literally an indoor music festival. Yeah, I, I read that the um, summer sun celebration. What's that yeah. all about? That's um. Go ahead. Yeah. I, it's. it's a... <laughs> Sorry, go for it. Who wants to go? I'll go for it. All right, the Summer Sun, the Summer Sun celebration is um, probably the biggest budgeted, most certainly. Um, I don't oh, think anybody's is. beaten us on that front. I, I, uh, I, I, I don't I, think anybody could hope to on that front either. Because they would I, be I, asked, I asked other conventions, and they told me that our technical budget is larger than most ten thousand person conventions. And how many people are you planning on having at your convention? Uh, about 1,000 to 1,500. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we are really... <laughs> we're we, very, we, very, very good with our budget. Yeah, we don't spend your money on, on pocketing it. We don't spend it on frivolous things. We don't spend it on really, really expensive fees for guests that you're not that interested in. What we do spend it on is a hell of a lot of brilliant stuff. Um, I, I, so it's, it's more about... um. The con goers and making money. It's more about the experience rather than the con itself. It's about the community. 
It always has been. Mm. The whole point of, of, of Booked from the very start when Andrew and I started it was that this would be a convention for the community. It wasn't about celebrity. It wasn't about even the show. It was about what the show had done. And the show had this amazing concept of these values uh, of love and tolerance that created a fandom. And the fandom were hugely, hugely, massively creative in all sorts of ways. And Buck is there to celebrate that and to celebrate yeah. the skills, which is why this year um, we have the Summer Sun Celebration. It's a massive festival, you know, on a scale akin to, you know, like having one of the Glastonbury stages there. It's yeah, fun, funnily enough mentioning Glastonbury. The higher companies that we're taking things from, uh, taking things from, the higher companies that we're using um, have actually... Um, given that, you know, have hired out their equipment to such events as Reading, Leeds, Glastonbury, all kinds of things in the past. So the equipment that we're using for the SSC is top, top-notch stuff. <laughs> so it's a pro-festival equipment. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, to, put, I mean, to oh, yeah. throw out some numbers last year, I, I, I think. I was in the South Hall last year. It looked pretty complex, to be fair. Yeah. It was. I believe. Um, <laughs> I believe last year we had a 22 kilowatt sound system for the Summer Sun celebration. It was actually it was slightly more, I believe. But uh, was it more than that? It was around it was around that area. 23 and a half or something weird like that. But it was. Yeah. Good. I, I don't think we had everything plugged in. Uh, I've got a real question here, which I've sort of defended book on. Um, price tag for the con. Uh, arguably one of the most expensive cons. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I, I will say right now that we are probably the most expensive con in the world. Mm. And the reason for that is because we are the most expensive country in the world. The, the UK is a terrible scene for conventions. Um, looking, at, yeah, look, looking at all the costs um, that we have to incur um, against other conventions, it seems as though our venue is more expensive, our equipment is more expensive, the, the location the is more right? expensive. It's it's a nightmare. There there is nothing that we do. I don't think that isn't more expensive fact, than any other convention. We can only afford to book because it's in August. Even mm. even get even getting guests we, is we, more expensive. We, we have we have you know we have to argue discounts and we have to run in orders because that's when most of these places are shut. Uh, mm. or, or in August. In. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of these ex a lot of these expenses. It, if, I, if I may interrupt, that explains mm. it perfectly. That there is no convention scene in the UK, really. Because yeah. the reason that they're closed in August is because they're businesses, and they do business conferences and business exhibitions, and business people don't run in holidays. They're away on holiday, which is why we can get a discount on our, our venues in August. And even then, that only makes it affordable. Basically, there wouldn't be a book if we didn't run in August because we just can't afford it. Because the other thing as well is a lot of these perceived um, costs and expenses are misconceptions as well. To put things in perspective, consider this. Let's take a look at something like MCM Expo in London. Um, now, that, that is an expo. So at an expo, you have got your attendees buying a ticket. You have got mm -hmm. big-name sponsors. You've got an enormous oh, yeah. hall of vendors. Now, let me tell you this. A vendor stall at MCM costs £750. Oh, oh sorry. Um, pardon my language. It's a hundred... <laughs> I've, I've got £750. £750. Uh, 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 vendor. At Manchester, it's um, £190, I think, because I've paid for one. Yeah, well, the difference How between Manchester say, um, and oh, London sorry. is London. All right, yeah, <laughs> I figured it'd be London because can yep. London like everything doubles in price, then add hundred to yeah. It. yeah. Hence, hence, but, hence, why anybody who's wondering why we're not in London, that's more or less yeah. the reason. Is that London is the thing that's the time the expense. Everyone says. How much does a one vendor spot cost at your con? Ninety quid. Yeah, ninety quid. Yeah, um, and, and this is the thing. So a lot of people saying, "Oh, Buck is super expensive. The tickets are super expensive." Basically, the money is in different places. You know, MCM they can afford to have uh, like fifteen or thirty pound tickets, or however much they cost, because their vendors and their sponsors are paying through the nose to be there, whereas the attendees don't. Whereas it's, it's, for us, it's, it's, we don't have. You know, we can't charge our vendors that kind of money. And conversely, we have. I mean, how many vendors have we got this year? We've got what, thirty or forty? And so, you know, whereas, of course, most expos have got hundreds. 
So this is the thing. A lot of people say, oh, it's super expensive. And it's like, yeah, that's because we don't have about a thousand vendors paying us a grand each for their table. That's a pretty good way to look at it, yeah. It's, it's, it's all to do with economies of scale. Um, we have less people attending. We don't have any massive sponsors. And we don't litter everywhere with vendors. Um, yeah. we, tr we, try, we try and make it fair both for the so, attendees and the vendors. So that's just it. The, the expenses are a mixture of it being an expensive country. It is a kind of an expensive con, but, you know, it's the way it works. But also, as I say, a lot of it is a bit of a misconception as well. Uh, that leads me to another question. Um, no, like, for the last two years, it's been held as Bridgewater Hall. And when I recall being on staff, we were look you looked at a Manchester Central, but you decided you didn't like the layout because it's we don't. a big room. Yeah. I, I love Bridgewater Hall. It's light and airy and gorgeous inside. So what's, basically the question is, what is the decision to move to Manchester Central? Were you, did you try and get into the Smash Brothers tournament last year? No. Right, Couldn't. okay. It was I can, in a room I can... for 30 people and 400 people wanted to be in there and we I literally think... just couldn't do it. I think I can sum the venue situation up pretty well. Um, basically, Bridgewater is a nice place uh, to be in if you're doing a concert. Yeah. If you're doing anything else, the rooms just aren't really there. Um, Central offers rooms wherever we need them basically we've got the entirety of central hall one which can fit in more people than the auditorium of bridgewater anywhere and it's in a layout that's more suited for jumping up and down and dancing and raving um yeah. which you couldn't do in an auditorium because it's all seated you can't take the seats out um and it's all it's all layered as well so you can't jump up and down otherwise you'll fall off the balcony yeah uh, which you know would be a health and safety nightmare to put it at least um but there's all, there's also just the there's minor things minor things um, quite a few complaints actually nothing to do with us just it was the venue we had um, the Barbarolli for example held mm, 200 to 250 odd people which wasn't bad um, but that was the only room that size we had um, anything yeah. else that we wanted to put in we only had this one teeny tiny room called the Charles Halle that could oh, fit oh, about 30 oh, people oh, at oh, max oh, 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 uh, it was really really small um, once you had computers and everything running in there it got very 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 hot um, and we were so desperate for space we actually had to use the fourth floor um, I can't even remember what the gallery. area is called. I think it's their gallery. Oh. Yeah, we've got a gallery in Central. It's all getting confusing. Mm -hmm. uh, the, so the gallery area, which, because it was at the very top floor, and because all of the foyers are open, all the heat rose to the top. So everybody in gallery who was, sat, who was stood there doing karaoke and oh, dancing yes. around there, well, they all started, well... Nobody, nobody <laughs> died, but I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, I, if people felt like they uh, were with uh, all the heat. Well, and then... Um, now that uh, you guys have a new um, uh, venue, what, what are some of um, the different uh, types of uh, events that you're going to have that you couldn't have at the old venues? I think a lot of it is scale. Uh, the problem was is, is that this year we, we looked at what we were doing uh, and so many conventions, including us last year, did um, Q&A panels. And to mm -hmm. be fair, People told us they were dull, and they weren't that well attended. And we thought they were dull, and the guests thought they were dull, and the attendees thought they were dull. And the problem is, is everyone asked the same questions over and over again. I mean, you go and watch, I don't know, uh, pick any random member of Hasbro staff, go and watch them on a, a video for BronyCon or BronyCan or Everfree. Yeah. You could see those questions over and over and over. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that. So we thought, we don't like this. We want to do more interactive stuff. We want to do workshops. We want to do demonstrations. We want to do stuff where people can join in and have fun. Yeah, I remember um, you telling me about uh, the musician's workshop, right? Yeah. You guys doing something like that? Exactly. And you can't do yeah. that in a small space. And you can't do that uh, on a, on a, you know, yeah. on a, in a sort of uh, panel-type format. And so it, we kind of went, oh, okay. Uh, we need more space. And we need different spaces. And that's what Central gives us. It gives us the ability to do more of these demonstrations and workshops and skills. Uh, and so um, interactive the, thing, the, thing, the thing with Central is, compared to Bridgewater, which is you've got set rooms for very specific yeah. functions, Central is far more open, um, fact, both in, in terms fact, of planning and in terms of actual this, space. This so is, you can do a lot more with the setup and the kind of events that you want to host. In fact, it kind, yeah. of, it kind of ties in with the last question. This is the great benefit of Manchester Central. It might not be as pretty, but they're boxes. They're big, empty boxes. And you can fit 
uh, you know, more stuff in, and you can lay out how you like. Unfortunately, they're big empty boxes. They don't have any power. They don't have any structure. They don't have any lights or equipment or sound gear. Nothing. So we have to so pay for it all. That's where our, you know, we yeah. have an electricity budget this year. I mean, that you know, they don't even include electricity. We have to pay for it. We have an electricity budget. We have a rigging budget. We have a staging budget. Everything the, has I to think, be built. I think, I think the only thing we're not paying for is chairs and tables. They tried to charge us for water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Which they're legally required to provide. Yeah, we argued that one. Uh, have you read the health and safety laws lately? Uh, no. See see right there? Yeah, you're not charging us. Yeah, I've, I, I, I was <laughs> talking to my sister about this today. She was saying, why do they not give free water in schools? And I was like, yes, we do. You can ask. And... Yes, you have to ask for it. Yeah. But, but that's the point. Yeah, and so, and so it gives us a massive uh, space to, to work with, and we can do a lot more cool stuff. Uh, I've got empty canvas, so. What are some, um, what are, we, what are your uh, five favorite things that you're going to do at the uh, okay. con this oh, year? That's a bit different for you. Your five favorite events out of the uh, 40. Okay, number one for me. And it Wait, fits sorry, sorry, is this five favorite things for book 2014? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, or is it last No, this is this year, and bearing in mind that we haven't finalised the schedule, which is why all this stuff isn't on our website, so no one knows about this yet. Yeah. Big we are working on it, I promise. Yes, we are. <laughs> Number one that has already been mentioned, actually, in publicity, the cadence stage. I love this. Um, it's basically, we have a huge summer sun celebration. We have a massive lunar eclipse concert. And that's great. You know, uh, you get to see people you already know who are famous, horse famous, you know, in, in this. What is in this the, um, the uh, lunar transit? The, lunes, the lunar eclipse is a three-hour concert yeah. actually in the convention itself on one of the evenings. The summer sun is separate, I imagine. Summer sun is like massive, ravey, yeah. bouncy goodness for six hours on Friday. Oh, fuck. Is that in VM Central? Are you doing yes. the division yes. again? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, the lunar oh, yeah. eclipse is on the same size stage during convention time for three hours and it's got a whole different vibe to it it's like a sort of um laid back chilled out alternative vibe uh, yeah i say chilled out there is some speed is that it, 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 yeah, it depends on the very much on the musician yeah. who's on it really is a random eclectic mix of awesome stuff but the cadence yeah. the cadence stage we're running that for a couple of hours each day and it's basically like the bbc introducing stage uh, so it's people you've not really heard of. They don't really have much uh, horse fame, if you like. You know, they're, they're just new, quite new artists. But we listened to them and went, damn, that's good. Oh, so that's not really like the headlining stage. The no. headliners go for the summer sun. Yeah. yeah. This, yeah. Is, yeah. This, Headline. is the, this is your introducing stage on the cadence stage. And this is for newish people who we just heard their music and went, yeah, we need these people. The cadence stage was... Yeah. The cadence stage was deliberately designed to focus on people who weren't well known. Yeah. The idea was is to it's get to, is, yeah. The idea was is to give people who have not got any exposure exposure in front of a lot of people, give them a chance to get their name out there. You know, because I mean, at this point in the fandom, we're seeing a lot of the big names are moving on to new stuff now, and so we thought there needs to be people to replace them. That's how the fandom survives. You you know you have a slow turnover. And the only way that new people are going to get out there and get heard is for someone to give them a chance. So we've got a big stage That's and we've got okay. a big audience. Okay, um, number two. Oh, somebody number else take one. Um, Gildak, he's not said much, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been kind of sat here just listening. Um, let me think. What would be... To be honest, I'm just going to go ahead and say number two is going to be the Summer Sun celebration for me. Because it's the summer sun celebration is immense by every stretch of the imagination. Um, quite frankly, um, it's, it's yeah, it's an absolutely massive event. Um, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't it it doesn't just rival um, yeah. any other conventions party. It blows them out of the water. Um, yeah. To to take the quote and it's actually to take it literally. Um, we did blow the bloody doors off of Central. Um, oh, I'm not yeah, kidding. Well. There's there's the CCTV footage of them falling off and everything. Um, <laughs> what are some yeah. of uh, the things about the Summer Sun celebration that are different than, say, Brony Palooza? I'll tell you what one of the major differences is, because I, I asked the musicians and they told me uh, that the, one of the major differences is the way that we set it up. We spend a lot of time that you'll never see going through the tech, going through uh, sound checks, 
uh, making sure that everything's laid out and planned, making sure that we have the right equipment uh, tested, plugged in, ready for them, that it's sourced, that we have riders for every musician, uh, that we have contracts with every musician, that we know what they need, where they need to be, what equipment they need, what band support they need. Um, and it's that that makes the difference. Uh, it, you know, we don't have a line of chairs. We have proper pit barriers. We don't have uh, cheap equipment. We have the top-of-the-line stuff that you do at Glastonbury. We don't have... Yeah. We don't have a, oh, well, you're on stage next. We have a plan, we have riders, we have equipment lists, we have uh, a quartermaster, we have a technical team, we have sound checks, we have everything pat tested. It is done meticulously by a lot of really hardworking people to make sure that it is really that good. And you don't see it. It just seems yeah, effortless yep. and well, well got, run. Yeah. Yeah, the best sign of a well-run event is that you don't even know people are doing anything. That, that truly is the best sign of a well-run event. The other significant yep. thing about the way we run the Summer Sun Celebration, though, is the way that we work with the artists themselves. And that means, you know, even, even now, as soon as, as soon as the artists are invited and as soon as we talk to them and say, hey, we, we want you guys to come and play, we ask them to go away and make something for the Summer Sun Celebration. Last year we had exclusives. This year is going to be the same. Some of our artists are going to be releasing exclusive things. We've got, for example, Acoustic Brony, they're going to be playing with a full rock band for the first time in the Europe, and only the second time in the world. It's only the second Brony, Brony um, convention they've gone to with a full rock band that they've properly prepped for. So that's something completely different nice. that you won't find anywhere else. And likewise, again, can we, we talked to them... Be in, can we mention my interview with Acoustic Brony, or is that not announced yet? Hmm? The Acoustic Brony... Rock, full rock band thing is that announced? Uh, oh, that's announced. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. announced. You can talk. You can talk about that. I can Likewise, see it on the website right now. Oh, I'm yep. sorry. I'm like not sure what we can. <laughs> that's all right. In. Yeah, yeah. Anything that we say here is anything is we're mentioning, we you're allowed to publish. Don't worry yeah. about right. it. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, okay. So well. yeah, if we don't want you to know, we won't say it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. If you get so, yeah, stuff in this we'll, interview, that's fine. Yeah. So yeah, we're working with the artists to try and get exclusives and new stuff. And likewise, we also work with them to try and make sure that everything runs smoothly on the night. You know, I mean, last year, you know, as, as with any big event, sometimes stuff goes wrong. Sometimes you're running behind schedule. Now, if you go to somewhere like BronyCon, what they do, they go backstage and they say, you over there, you're not playing. We don't have enough time. Yeah. And that sucks. What we did, we, we went around all the artists and we said, look, guys, we're running a bit behind schedule. Can you cut one song from your set list? Bang. Now we're back on schedule. And all of the artists, they appreciated us so much for doing that. They said, we are quite happy to cut a song from our set to, set to get everything back on schedule in exchange for making sure that everyone gets a go. Whereas at other conventions, they will cut people from the set completely. Yeah. They'll just say, right. bang, you not actually To get people, to get the whole set in with everyone. Yeah. It reminds me of when I was trying to um, organize these concerts for college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah it, was very, it was very difficult and it was quite a feat to organize the entire thing. It took oh, yeah. a few months. Yeah. And so that's the other reason why our, our guests like us as well, is because we're yeah, actually you guys put actual effort into it. Well, another yeah. thing, um, Where you we, we, a lot we, more we really involve them. I mean, we have, we have, we, have a, 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 we have a room for them, we have a guest room that they can, you know, a green room where they can stay and sit. Yeah. We have a practice room where they can go through their set. We have scheduled sound checks for them. We have... Uh, green rooms just off the main hall where they can wait before they go on stage and a backstage area. We have water provision so that they're not thirsty. We have munchies so that they're not hungry. We have them help us. So we have, like you said, a music workshop where we can look into how music is made. We've got another music workshop where people can actually, the audience will be joining in and throwing in suggestions and it'll be all actually crazy and mayhem and it'll be wonderful. We've got uh, a musician's corner where the musicians can hang out, plug in their laptops and play around, and people can go and sit down with them and watch them do yeah. it. So it's it's all very it's all very involved process. You guys definitely sound like you're you're one of the more professional or the most professional con there is. Well, I, I certainly don't know. like to I, think I, so. Yeah, like, <laughs> the thing is, I think this is common. It sounds very professional uh, in comparison to a lot of other places. Yeah, I mean, as far as we're concerned, this is common sense. We, you know, we we're sort of whenever we hear that someone that's not doing this, we're like, why aren't you doing this? Yeah, I think the this seems obvious to us. Con is it the difference between American? I'm not being like offensive any way, but from watching American TV and British TV, British TV is more straightforward, whereas American, it's all 
drama. I don't. I don't think it's even yeah, that. I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's I, that. I, I, I'll I tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. When right. Andrew, when Andrew and I started this convention, we did not know how to run a convention. Not a, not you know, not a, not like we, you know, we, we'd not done AnimeCon, we'd not done a Brony convention, we'd not been to any. I've done different sorts of conferences and stuff, so I've got, I've got a background in public, public events and things. Uh, and Andrew had ideas that he wanted to do. And I think the thing that made Buck was that we didn't know how to run a convention. So what we did, we went, well, what do we want to do? We had no pre preconceived ideas. We had no idea of how we thought it should run. So we just did what we thought was best. And it actually worked. Because I think a lot of conventions go, oh, well, we'll have some panels and we'll have a vendor area and we'll do this and that and like everyone else does. Well, everyone else might be wrong. And it worked. Okay, until you try. Yeah, well, that's a that's a pretty valid point. I put that. Yeah. I think I think I think Americans tend to be more gung ho, and just go with the flow. And this yeah. is what we'll do. This is what people sound as though they're going to want to enjoy. You know, we'll get the big VA scene. Um, you'll notice we don't have any of the voice actors this year because we'd much rather give the opportunity for people to talk to the writers. And... Than... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're looking uh, for something the that... They can't answer yeah. them. Yeah, we're looking for something the people haven't yeah. seen. Yeah, all, all the questions people ask are always what's going to happen in season four or what's going to happen in season five, depending on whatever season we're on. And every single person is, as always, contractually obligated to say nothing about the subject. They're not allowed to. Um, yes, and so even even if important. even if they are even if they are with no offence to them because they're all hardworking and very talented people but they do all they do is read the script um, they don't have access to that script until it's been written the writers yeah, I'd rather do. have the animators and writers than the voice actors because the voice actors are really only a tool used by the writers the writers are the people who create the show. Um, is, is, um, I'm not sure who I may last this but PJ's mentioned him a few times apparently he's like probably one of the best. Who's like show guests or is because he's really um, friendly with um, guests at cons. Yeah, M.A. Larson's Larson. a pro. Yeah. He's one hell of a character he is, yeah. We, we, did, we did ask M.A. Larson to come along this year, but sadly, his, um, uh, he, with his family, uh, he can't bring them with him and he's away once or twice already this year and he just didn't think it would be fair on his family to come again. I do oh, think he's going to Galacon, though. That's the one, yeah, like I said, he, he made, he already decided that he was going to one, and he said, as much as I'd love to come to both, I just can't do that to my family. And I was like, well, fair enough, you know. Yeah. Some of these people, it's like, they go yeah. to every single con, and it's like, what do, you, what do they do in their spare time other than voice acting and cons? I've noticed, um, with no, I'm not going to notice in the interview, um, Michelle Krieber apparently was a little bit eerie with, like, I guess, like, she... Charged for made sure she charged for every single autograph, and since well, I, I I'm not going to say much on this, but but you have to remember that she's uh, not even 18, so um, she's very she's much a... in control, uh, not in control of her own destiny. It's her. She's a she's a rising star, and she's yeah. trying to make the best of the situation that she's currently in. You can't really blame her for that when she's come all the way from Canada. You know, her, her, her parents her, her, are her agents there with idiots. her. You know, it's 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 business sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I think a lot of um, guests see cons more as a business opportunity, though. Would you not well, agree? I, I, that's an American viewpoint, I think. I've, I've spoken in, in World Chat to a lot of American conventions, and they say, you know, this is a business thing. We, we profit. We, we, we make money at this. We, we, we run it as a business, and those who fail, fail. That's what happened with uh, those other conventions that, you know, like um, Last Predators. It went yeah, well, because... I remember watching that at well, It went yeah, under, and I asked, I, I asked about that. I asked a lot of people, I said, why did that happen? And they said, well, because here, it's a free market, and if people lose, then they run it badly, it falls over, that's it. And I said, well, that's all very well, but the attendees are the ones who lose out, not the people who run the convention, which is why we have the European Parent Convention Union. Not because we're like some sort of socialist unionists, but because... We want a group where we can all talk and find out what's happening. And we had a convention last year who didn't make uh, the requisite amount of money and they cancelled it rather than try and run it and go bust. Yeah. And I think that's better. I think working with people... People think we have this sort of rivalry. Of course we have a bit of rivalry with the, the other European conventions. It's one of the things where... we all talk. If you work together and you 
coordinate. You can get around it without stepping on each other's toes. You've obviously got to compete for guests and uh, attendees. But at the end of the day, it's much better to work together and ensure that everybody runs rather than have three or four of them fail and have guests and attendees who have got flights that they've got to cancel and they can't get any money back because their insurance won't cover it or they don't have any. Um, people who are already there and have been stranded if they, you know, cancel, you know, like, Yes. on the day or early with a couple of days notice the fact um, remains is that there is enough there is enough attendees to go around we don't need to be in competition with each other you know i mean i you know i'm a small business owner by day and i would much rather make an ally in the same business than a competitor because a competitor causes me stress whereas allies they are contacts they are information they are mm. they are help when i'm struggling with something and there's more than enough work for us to all to go around. We're better off working together than we are being enemies. Yeah, I can agree with that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, any more questions? Like, we were... Yeah, anything else you guys want to elaborate on? We're sort of like two in to the five favorite things of book 2014, if you want. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're two in. Let me, let me, okay, three. Uh, number three. I can, really... can I do three? I'll go on then. <laughs> three, three, I think I'm going to go with community. Um, it's book's guiding star. It's every principle we have involves the community to a very, very big extent. Um, from all of the events that we plan, you know, our emphasis is on interaction, being able to get involved, being able to join in, be able to have fun and share experiences and being a part of the community. Charities um, chosen by the community. Yeah, charities chosen by the community, you know, some conventions, if they do do a charity uh, thing at all, they'll either go for a really big charity or they'll just pick the charity themselves. We, we like to give people a choice um, and we like to try and make it local to the area because at the end of the day, it's a UK con. Why not a UK charity? Um, why not a small one so that the money makes the difference? Christie's. Mm. You know, there's it, 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 go, it goes on and on, you know, from the guests who we work with. We, we don't just tell the guests what they're doing at the events. We work with the guests to help them build the event that they want to deliver as much as that we want them to deliver. We offer just, them support. So there's a huge amount of communication between us on that front. It, it kind of goes on and on. Just on and the then, uh, charity thing, uh, we have a new ticket out called the uh, Elements Generosity Ticket, uh, which is people basically said to us uh, on our forum, uh, you know, I've bought a standard ticket, I'd love to buy a premium ticket, but I can't afford it, but I'd like to donate something. So we've created this uh, generosity ticket, and basically it costs you 20 quid. And five pounds of that goes to our charity. That's a guaranteed five. There's no fees knocked off that. Five pounds, five whole pounds will go it's to five charity. Pounds. There's no tax, there's no fees. It will be an entire five pound. That goes to the charity. Out of the rest, we knock off the tax and the fees and everything. And, yeah. and we and you and for and for that we get a little bit extra money to show that you care. You get a, a donor badge to say, you know, I've helped out, and the charity gets a donation. I can't think of anything better. Is that sorry? Is that twenty pound for the ticket or twenty pound extra than a standard? Extra. It's a it's an add-on. Yeah. So, oh, it's so an add-on. So if you'd like to, so if you could, if you, if you'd like to donate a little bit more money, but you can't afford a twenty percent cooler ticket, you can buy one of these. You get a cool badge saying, you know, I've helped out. You get to help the charity to the tune of five quid, and you get to help us a little bit. I've actually been thinking of skipping book this year. I'm <laughs> a little bit low on funds, you know. Mm. Well, we also we, all, we also we also know that you know times are hard. So, which is why we've for the first time this year we're running with one day tickets. To bring to bring it to, we will be at oh. the end of this month. Right. Okay. Oh, I'll just, I'll, I need to mention that somewhere. It should be. It should be on the ticket page somewhere. Yep, it's on a, a little yellow note on the ticket page that. I'm going to. Forty-five pound one-day tickets will be available at the end of this month. Okay. Fourth favorite thing about book 2014. Oh, my fourth favorite. Um, it kind of goes on for the community thing because everything we do is community. Um, I'm going to say two things here. Uh, just so in you reference. So four or five. <laughs> well, in reference to the last one, number three, where where James said about community. Uh, our, our, our VIPs are actually doing demonstrations that they that they have worked on about the skills that they do in their actual jobs. Oh damn it! This was going to be my one. I'll let you uh, bro you know broaden broaden that answer. But for me, number four has to be the comedy routine, just because it's such a laugh, and uh -huh. nobody else does one. 
you know, we see all these workshops, we see all these panels, we see all these games. What you don't see is comedy, and we have a comedy routine. Uh, by the now, way, uh, elaborate more on the comedy routine. Uh, last year, Pipstreet, who's one of our uh, musicians, uh, yeah, thought thought of himself as a bit of a of a comedian. So I said, "Go mm -hmm. on, man. Do me, do me a video. <laughs> do me a video, and if we find it funny, we'll put you on stage." And it was hilarious. So we put him on stage, and it was packed. Literally, they were turning people away from the door. They couldn't fit enough people <laughs> in the 250 room, you know, capacity room. We put him. I think. I think. I think to say we underestimated how popular that event would be would be charitable at best. Oh yeah. I mean, people were clamouring for him. So it's, uh, it's on again this year, and I'm really looking forward to it. So I, I, I missed it last year, and I had to watch it on YouTube. Um, but it was, it was really, really funny. Uh, so I think it's, it's the little weird things like that, like a comedy routine. Is it bro Is it bro is, Was his, like, I'm not, I didn't no, actually get to watch it's it. Just, so. It's just random comedy, because the thing is, again, that's a community. What we celebrate isn't ponies. What we celebrate is what the ponies have done for us. Ponies have given us a creative community that have skills in creativeness, whether that be comedy, or art, or music, or crafts, or fiction writing, or whatever. And that's what we celebrate. We celebrate the people in the fandom yeah. who create stuff, even if that isn't necessarily pony stuff. A lot of our music you'll hear, some of it's pony, some of it isn't. Uh, yeah, know, a lot. A lot of musicians are branching out into their own styles yeah. now, their own genres, their own way of doing things, and, and we are you happy know. to plug it. We are very happy to play it because we understand that it's not all about the ponies. The ponies are great, but the fandom is what we are celebrating. We are celebrating the fact that, you know, they were inspired by the show to write music and that that music is now so popular that they're actually going, you know, heading for a career in that. That's brilliant. I can't think of anything better. You know, and to show, to show kind of like just how, how, how good that kind of effect can be, um, The Living Tombstone mm -hmm. um, basically announced that book last year was going to be its last convention. And just by playing at the Summer Sun celebration, just that single event convinced him that he was wrong and that he needed to go out and carry on uh, doing these conventions. Mm -hmm. So we've got him again this year. Just give me a second. That's the thing. I don't, I don't know how much other conventions give back to the community. They celebrate it in, in a sort of fandom way. You know, they, 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 yeah. they're, they're fandom conventions that celebrate the show. That's fine, but it's consumerism. We're not about consumerism. We're about creativity and giving back. And what we do is we, you know, like the Cadence stage, to get new people in to, 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 to music to, to help the fandom keep growing. Getting people to do different things like the comedy and supporting them in the way that, they, you know, that they're moving forwards in their own lives is something else we do. We've got, uh, you know, competitions for uh, yeah. authorship the and artistry. All our events are to drive people yeah. to feel... I can do that. I can learn. The how events to do music. are designed to get people involved. You know, like for example, inspire we've got, them, we've, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. right down to the cupcake decorating competition. You know, <laughs> we're going to have. We, you know, a, we did it last year, and again, we're doing it this year. We're going to have a whole load of blank cupcakes, a load of icing, and you can decorate your own cupcake, and the best one wins. You know, and again, the whole thing—it's a bit of a laugh, and it's all stuff you can not only see and hear but do. You know, any. Uh, all of it's, our events uh, are designed to try and get people in interacting and participating. And it's, it's, one of, it's one of those things that's not exclusive. Anyone can do it. Yep. Anyone yeah. can just jump in and have a go and yeah. make a I mess. Was, <laughs> I, was, I was talking on a, uh, on a forum the other day um, where I was, I was plugging Buck, and someone said sort of, oh, I, I'm, I'm not a creative at all. I don't think this is going to be for me at all. And I said, no, 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 you misunderstand me. The idea is, is to show that, that everyone is a creative. You know, everyone can have a go at something. You know, it like anyone the cupcake decorating. Yeah, a load of the cupcakes. The cupcakes were awful, but it was hilarious, and everyone had a laugh. But that's what that's, was important. That's some some, some, some of the cupcakes were actually really, really good, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But that's the thing. It's like a lot of people said, "Oh, this this sounds like it's a bit elitist, and it's only for the creative ponces." Not at all. Not at all. You know, a lot of people. There's a lot of people who look at the digital artists and they say, that's really pretty artwork. I have no idea how to do that. So what we're doing, we're getting artists. We're going to set them up with a projector and a tablet. And we're going to say, draw something on the tablet and tell the audience what you're doing. Workshops too. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah we've we've got we've got a couple of artists, including Heather Breckel, who's one of the IDW colorists. She's going to be doing a demonstration, so she'll be coloring something live there on stage. I mean, she and, works. And she'll be IDW. telling people. You know, this is her job. She's living yeah. the dream, and and I think. And she's, you know, yeah, and the idea yeah. is is that she's going to be telling the audience how she's doing it. She's going to say, "I'm using this kind of brush. This is the software I use." You can watch me doing it now, so people can see how it's done and how they can yeah. have a go at doing it. In, uh, last August at the BroningCon, uh, Lee Tokar had a wonderful um, voice actor uh, workshop, exactly. and he even had like people come up. He would uh, tutor them a little bit on the voice acting, and he was very involved with everyone there. That yeah, that's a great that's, idea. That's exactly the kind of thing we're trying to replicate. Mm. Exactly that. Um, can I just ask another question? Um, I someone mentioned the attendee count before, and I can't remember what it was, but it was quite low. What's the attendee count, and what's that in comparison to most cons? Oh well, we, we're expecting we're expecting between a thousand and fifteen hundred people. It'll probably be about twelve hundred, which is in the middle. But to put things in perspective, that's um, that's the largest in Europe. I mean, the ne the next largest is GalaCon, and they have around about a thousand to twelve hundred people as well. So we're pretty the much thing, the same size as them. We just have a bigger venue. The, the, and the thing, the, the great oh, thing about Central, as I've pointed out, is that it allows days. us to. Is a, a, yeah, we've got three days. We've got the Sunson celebration on the Friday, and the convention runs all of Saturday and all of Sunday. What's the um, Amer the um, what's the American con like? What have you? Yeah, uh, Bernstein, I know, is uh, planning between nine thousand and fifteen thousand. Yeah, I talked. That's Mm, uh, one of my rides here is still thirty dollars yeah. in gas. So, I, I, uh, he said I, planning for about fifteen thousand. I worked out yeah. once that if we had the same number as Bronicon had last year, which was about ten thousand people, we could probably do our tickets for about between ten and twenty pounds each. Yeah, Bronicon's a different kettle of fish though because they're the it's original. Huge. They're the, it's they're, huge. They're the it's big, massive. Yeah, I mean you look at right. most, yeah. most most of the conventions are about the same size as us. So you have yeah. the big ones like Everfree. And uh, BronyCon, where you're, you know you're talking four, three, four thousand people, or Glasscon with three or four thousand, or BronyCon with ten thousand. Well, there's 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 a bit most of them there's a bit there's a there's a bit more to it than that. It's it's not just when they were established. It's also the areas they're established. The American conventions have got the advantage of being where the majority of Bronies are. Yeah, I mean, imagine um, if imagine if you had a convention in in a place that you could afford. So imagine it's in Manchester, oh, right? But right next to Manchester. I mean, literally, where Salford is would be oh, London, and right next to where I don't know uh, Rochdale is, is Birmingham, and right next to you know where Sale is is Liverpool. That's what it's like running a convention in America. You've got like five major cities within travel distance where you can just you know okay people, are, they're not actually that near, but they are because Americans are used to travelling further. I, li I lived in Australia for a while, and people are like, oh, I'm just going to just going down to uh, Canberra. How long is it going to take you? Oh, we'll drive for about 24 hours. Okay. Yeah, here it's like uh, you'll drive three hours just to get somewhere, and we don't really have um, as much public transportation as uh, Europe has. So most of it's by car. You could you could argue that we don't have much public transportation oh, yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. you guys have is, um, a lot people... of uh, rail um, transportation and yeah. buses. It's expensive. Even still, we really have... the only way to travel intercity or intracity is um, yeah. we uh, by car through their highways and yeah. The thing in this country, though, is we've got people who are like two or three hours away, and they say, "Oh no, it's too far for me." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, it's too far." From California driving to Baltimore on the other side of the country, other side of the yeah. continent. Yeah. I worked it out actually. But, uh, what the hell is that? <laughs> oh, it's, it's a ping pong ball. I, I worked <laughs> out. How did you know it was a ping pong ball, Graham? Because I've been listening to it for the whole conversation. <laughs> I, I worked out that for people to drive from the west coast to the east coast. Because my friend had to drive from Georgia to Oregon when he moved house. It was the same distance as me driving from here to Turkey. Holy <laughs> hell. So that's how far Americans are willing to drive. And the same in many yeah. other countries. But people yeah, here barely drive half an hour down the road and think that it's a long journey. So. $700 in gas. Well, yeah. thing. You, can get, you can get on a bus, on a, on, a, on, a, on a mega bus, from London to Manchester for less than a fiver. And here it costs, you know, um, 12 bucks just for me to go into New York City, even though I'm 30, 40 miles away. Or no, not even, actually. It takes me $12 to get to get there and $12 back. And it's it would be a 25, 30-minute drive. That's all right. It cost me to get from here to Leeds, um, which is nowhere near as far. 
Oh no, it is. It's 250 odd miles. But it would cost me like 90 quid one way. To cost me to get, I'm, I get um, cheaper tickets. To cost me to get to um, sale, not from sale where I live, to where uh, book is, it would cost me on the metro, which is the fastest way, it's about six miles and it would cost me three pounds, which is the equivalent of about five dollars and about six miles. Yeah. The interesting thing is, though, you know, uh, because you're local to Manchester as well, is an interesting thing we discovered is that um, a lot of the time you'd imagine that most people around the Manchester area would be like, oh, yeah, no travel cost. I'm going to Buck. But a lot of people who are that close are actually less inclined to go because they're like, oh, I don't really want to pay 80 quid um, to go into the town centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas the people who are further away, they see it as a, as a bigger excursion. They see it as a weekend away. And, yeah. uh, and so the funny thing is we've actually got a circle of point-blank range where less people are interested um, because, they're, because they, don't, they don't want to pay 80 quid for a day out in their local town centre. Um, and I, I that, that's an interesting problem that we've that. discovered. I, I was thinking of passing MCM Manchester this year and going to MCM Birmingham or MCM London because I see it as more of an interest. Yeah. You get in, you get in out, you go in and doing something. But I think to like local people doesn't it's not the yeah. same atmosphere. You don't get the same feels of being away. You know, like on holiday, it's a bit of a holiday, I guess. What yeah. was going to come on UK culture of bronies, not like transport at all, but the sort of UK culture of bronies. Would you say like the ratio of size to brony in the UK is as big as in America? So I'm not talking about how many bronies, because obviously America is God knows how many times the size. There's obviously more bronies, but the sort of ratio of size Percentage. to bronies. Yeah, percentage. I, 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 I'm going to back my laptop. It's, but, it's, uh, it's, I'm going to grab the charger. I, I, was, I was actually going to bring up uh, culture uh, before we got well, carried can, away can, like can we seem to do. Can I just answer the question for percentage? Percentage-wise, yes. uh, Britain is slightly less than America. Um, if you took us as countries independently, uh, Wales is quite low, but England is just a little below, and Scotland is actually higher percentage-wise for Bronies than America per population. Uh, right, okay, so um, I'll, give me a second, so I'll just write that. So, um... England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Scotland. 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 So England. Scotland is, is so basically, as, as the United Kingdom, we are slightly less than than uh, America, Brony's per capita, uh, but Scotland on its own actually has more. Uh, so there's not that much difference. There are there are near enough as many bronies in this country compared to the population as there are in the states. Oh, that's quite interesting, then, because then surely you'd think, right? Well, it's the UK con, so more people are going to come, right? They don't. Mm. Again, weighing, yeah. wait, wait, well, this is this is what I think. Weighing weighing into the culture thing yeah. um, it is. I think the problem may, mainly is uh, massive culture differences. Obviously, there's the travelling issues and that kind of thing. Um, but I, th Sorry, I think it, I think it's more basic and just down to sort of like confidence and esteem. Yeah, Americans are very willing to go out and show it all and say, yeah, I'm a brony. I don't care what you think. Whatever. I'm going to this convention. It'll be awesome. Whereas in Britain, we're a lot more reserved. Um, we don't like having to put everything on display all the time. We don't want to be flashing in your face. And we don't want to be going, yeah, I'm, going, I'm heading to Manchester for three days to go watch all these people talk about these brightly coloured cartoon ponies. <laughs> um, I, you know, and it's the, sa it's the same in other places. Um, if you look across the countries, there are some countries where the populace are more willing to go to their local convention and some countries where you find that they've actually got more people coming from abroad than they have their own country. And I it's think fun. it is all to do with sort of the culture. I wouldn't be mm -hmm. surprised if that was true for Buck. Is how, what how, compared like I'm just going to call them foreigners, foreigners to people from the UK. What's that like in percentage-wise for Buck? How many is there more people from foreign than there are from the UK coming to Buck? Or? Uh, no, uh, oh. but it's a significant right. amount. I think it's about a fifth. Uh, I'm actually quite surprised by that, honestly, for Buck. Like, yeah, sort of. We, yeah. Had, we yeah. had last year. We had last year people from 30 different countries. The furthest away was Japan. New Zealand, USA, and Canada. Wow, well, Japan. So, yes, we do I think get... Japan's actually happy with their own too. Here's another quick question. Um, do you think... Oh, Sorry. Oh, oh, just to finish on the culture, I think there is a massive difference in culture in that we just don't do conventions in this country. Um, it's, a, it's a big part of American of American and Japanese culture. That yeah, American conventions. conventions for everything. We had a lot more conventions. Yeah. Um, we, don't, we, don't, we don't even have convention venues here. 
that run like from no, convention we venues, don't because we're not, I've we're not, looked. We're not like that. <laughs> um, size of venue, I'm just going to comment on, Jim might not exactly get this, but Manchester Central is sort of competitive in my eyes with the Man NEC. Man Manchester Central is an internationally recognised venue. Central can hold 10,000 people. There are sign no central hall can hold ten thousand people. Yeah, the venues as a whole can hold even more. Yep. Uh, but to put out, to put out sort of like massive Manchester Central is that there are signposts to it in Manchester and on the motorway and that kind of thing because it is internationally recognised. As you go out of the airport, there's a sign to it. Um, that's just sort of the status that it's got. Yeah, that's what I'm sort of writing. So yeah, it sort of is like an. It'd be like it'd be like I can't even try to think of an. I suppose it would be a bit like if we hired the Sydney Opera House or you know or the Champs Elysees or you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like internationally renowned venue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the Manchester Central is as big as the NEC is as big as uh, well bigger than uh, oh, what's the one in London Olympia is it? Oh, it's um, no, it's a uh, uh, XL I think. XL, yeah, bigger than the XL. Mm. I mean. It, the only thing bigger than Manchester than Central is the MEN, which is owned by the same people. Is the MEN bigger? Uh, well, it depends what you mean by bigger. Oh yeah, fair enough. It's more of a concert hall. It's 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 bigger than Central Hall would be, but for what we're looking for, obviously, we're not doing a single event. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe one day we'll get the SSC in there. We'll have to see. Oh gosh, <laughs> that'd be quite interesting though. But I don't. I'd, I'd definitely not say it's never doable. Like if book expands even further, as um, well, I remember fact, a while. Well, let me be blunt here. The fact is, is that we are very reliant on two things. The first, well, we're reliant on you. We're reliant on the the people buying the tickets, uh, and and it affects us in two ways. The first way it affects us is that if people don't buy tickets now then we struggle to pay our upfront costs because obviously when you're doing things like this you have to pay certain amounts of the, of the costs up front. Uh, we know that people will buy tickets in July and August and lots of them um, but we need the money now. So you know uh, although we're, we're quite positive that people will support us and buy tickets uh, they need to remember that you know we have to pay lots of money out to get the equipment sorted and to hire things and to buy merchandise that you can buy and and all that sort of thing has to be paid up front. Yeah, we don't thing... know how much money we'll have yeah. until people buy their tickets. Yeah. Until... All we can do now is guess and project. Yes, However, what we really need is for people to actually lay down their money and say, I'm in, I'm in for this, I'm committed. Yeah. The second thing is that the next year's convention is very much reliant on the success of this year's convention. Uh, that was what that was going to lead on to my next question. Yeah, we have to know, uh, we have to know that people are behind us enough because what people don't realize is that the costs go up every year even if we did exactly the same thing every year the costs rise every year every and you use the money that you make with the first one to carry on over to the next well, one that's, right that's, there that's, is no, no that's money. the point there is no money people don't realize this most american conventions operate in two ways they either are backed either by a sponsor or another convention <laughs> so babstron was backed by a furry convention um, other conventions, I think Cantalot, are backed by, uh, oh, is it G-something? I can't remember, it's an anime, G-anime. Uh, and other ones are backed by loans. They take out loans. And, and what a lot of people do is they, they, they buy things, on hi they hire things on credit. So they say, I'm going to hire this stuff and I'll pay you afterwards. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then sometimes they don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to mention any names, but there are conventions out there that, that paid a lot of money and had a lot of guests and are in a lot of debt. Uh, we're not. What what Butch does is we operate completely differently. We never, ever purchase something unless we have it in cash. If we don't have the cash, we don't buy it. Uh, we cut we cut our budget uh, and we buy less. Uh, so you know our equipment goes down the amount of money we have. So so if people don't buy the tickets now, we have less money to play with to buy the equipment and therefore less equipment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the so other thing we don't do is we don't take um, things on because we don't take things we don't take things on credit. Um, we have, so we have to pay, pay up front now. But the other thing that we don't have is backers. We're not backed by another co company. We're not backed by another convention. We don't have any massive sponsors. Um, you know, we, we count Mayor Play as a sponsor, and really that's between us and him. 
helping each other basically. The bunnies stuck, isn't they? Yes, I like bunny, and we don't get a lot out of it, and he doesn't get uh, a massive amount from us. But we what what he can support us with, he does, and what we can support mm. with, giving him some space and a bit of promotion, we do because we like each other and we're good friends. Yeah. But it isn't like he, you know, plumps down hundreds of thousands of pounds. So um, yeah, it's going to be another question. Just just off a few rumours I've heard, I've heard either books gonna. I'm I'm not saying where I've heard this because I can't actually honestly remember. I've heard two things: books gonna end this year, or books gonna be a for-profit con next year because it costs so much time and effort to run. Any book, of them true? Book when it started was a technically a not-for-profit. All that means, though, people don't people don't understand this because they think, oh, not-for-profit charity, blah blah blah. FIFA is a not-for-profit, and they have a billion pounds in their bank account. Not for profit means jack. Yeah, it's basically it's a legal does, code. It's a legal more. code, and what it means is that you can't carry your profits over to the next year, which means that you have to spend them or or not have them. Um, but made no money in 2012. It made none in 2013, and uh, we spent it. Anything that was left over, we had to, we had to spend. As a not as a non non profit, you have to spend it, either on uh, costs or equipment or. You can't, you can't even save it. So, so if we made, I don't know, £10,000, that would be a brilliant deposit for next year's venue. We couldn't save it. The taxman would come along and say, ha, you're profiting, you're a not-profit, you can't do that, uh, and we'd take it all. So they'd take their big chunk, and the rest we'd have to spend, otherwise we'd get in serious legal trouble. So, so yes, I mean, uh, I'll be quite blunt, Buck is currently a limited yeah. company. It is not a guaranteed limited company, it is not a charity, it is not a not-profit uh, we will make a profit this year, or a loss. I'm hoping we don't make a loss because we don't have any money to lose. If we make a loss, we go bust. It's that simple. I appreciate the honesty. And is yeah, it... we'll explain that definitely. Yeah. But... Do, do, do we profit this year? I hope we do, because if we don't, I honestly believe, to answer the second part of your, your question, that we won't be able to afford to do it next year because the costs will rise. Uh, you know, our venue will come back to us and say, look, um, costs have gone up. We've increased with... Over inflation, as we always it's, do every year, it goes up. Yeah. Not only that, yes. but we, really are, like we are running our convention oh, this oh. year based on the fact that we have agreements from last year with the venue, whereby they're not charging us for some things. Next year, we'll have to pay those, so the costs will go up. It's, it's, it's more than even that. There's the inflation, there's the agreements, but there's just the simple fact of this is the third year, you know, next year would be the third year we would host it in Manchester Central if we were to do so. Um, they will know that we're getting more attendees because things tend to grow, so they'll just put their charges up just based on the fact that they know we're going to get more people, so they know we should, in theory, be able to cover it. Um, we obviously can't do that without a deposit because we can't even start paying the, you know, as soon as I make a contract with the venue, First thing that comes to us is an invoice. We can't has, pay an invoice many, many if we haven't got any money from tickets, uh, so we this, would need a deposit. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to talk The numbers, significant part of this conversation is that there is a misconception out there yes. that there is money in the oh. Buck Convention, and there isn't. You know, <laughs> the Buck Convention, you know, there, I've heard rumors that we're all making money and we're all driving around Mercedes. No. <laughs> We don't make money. We don't get I our lost, own expenses paid. I lost my car at last year. Yeah. So did Graham. Yeah, yeah. So, so did I. The, the point is, the point is, to answer the question is that, that um, is while we will be looking to try and we will be looking to try and have an overall profit so we can improve or even be a thing next year at all. However, no one gets paid. That's the important thing here. No one is earning a. I'm no one's getting a wage out of this. I've pretty much put it as book where ambition, not for profit. It's not charity. People get. Well, we'll take up the people get paid if people don't get paid. Yeah. Can't be carried, must be spent. Book is not a charity. Yeah. Book will profit this year. Book doesn't profit this year. No book 2015. Not for profit means con can't save money for deposits next year. There's no money in the book convention. Nobody's making money. People aren't even getting expenses paid. Yeah, so I think, that's the yeah. thing, because that, that's the rumours that I've heard. This is, yeah. this is the thing that let, people let, have got let, in their minds. We, 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 we do pay some expenses, um, and, and we were forced to last year, because, uh, again, we couldn't profit. We had, a, we had a couple of grand over, and I spent it on paying back uh, several thousand pounds worth of expenses of people who'd driven you know, for petrol and for parking, and it's all receipted. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't mind paying expenses to people who've, you know, spent, uh, you know, eight or nine or ten journeys from, from way down south up here, you know, out, out of their own money. 
I know that's, that's I... only fair, and I, I, I wouldn't even, I, I honestly wouldn't even mind uh, if, if, if we could make this a profitable thing and pay people a wage because they're putting in far more, more, more work than their own day jobs, half of them. Mm -hmm. uh, but the fact <laughs> is, we can't afford it. I mean, but literally runs on a shoestring, and unfortunately, it's a shoestring with six figures. People don't realise that Garlicon and Buck each cost six-figure numbers. Mm. You see, we're all we're all on staff because we volunteer to do it. We're not in it to make money. We're not in it to profit. Um, you know, I think I think the most people are possibly in it to get is you know a free ticket. And even then, the amount of work that they've got to put in for it negates any cost you could possibly get from a ticket. And you don't get to experience much of it on the day because you're working all day as well. Yep. Um, so, you know, not, none of us are here to make a profit because there isn't anything there in it. We're all, we're all just doing this because we all enjoy doing it. I know um, because um, Peter, got, um, Peter, Peter gave PJ a lift from the airport and um, he, he was... We were a bit confused because we were like, "Oh, so you're getting covered for this?" And he was he wasn't getting covered for the fuel to take him. I think he lives in Blackpool or something. He picked him from Manchester Airport and took him to Manchester and hung out with him for the day. And he wasn't getting any expenses paying not him for the fuel. Yeah, so I did find that a bit bizarre, and I, I sort of understand now. You know, yeah, that's the thing. This we just a lot we of people give it our all. People in, in more ways than just time. We I, give time, I've, I've we give spent, effort, yeah. we give expense. <laughs> we go yeah, all out. I, I, think, I think I checked my receipts lately, and I think I must have spent uh, something like two or three hundred pounds of my own money so far. Uh, but I don't I'm know. back. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm back. The, the other, the other thing that people forget as well is the is the scale that we're working on here. People often say, you know, a lot, a lot of the time there will be someone say, oh, you know, oh, can you pitch in for, you know, just travel costs for some people. You know, we had a couple of people who wanted to do a thing for us, and they said, oh yeah, we're going to have a team of about eight people. Can you cover just their travel costs? And we were like, okay, where are you guys coming from? They said, oh, we're coming from down south. It's like, okay, well that's going to that's going to cost the best part of eighty to a hundred quid per person. That's eight hundred pounds before you've even blunked. You know, or blunk, blinked, blinked, blinked. Bef yeah, before you even before you even say a word, that's eight hundred quid. Now, uh, people, when when people are trying to make money in conventions and things like that, they forget that the smallest number across one person suddenly scales up to big figures. People well, say, oh, why don't you just knock a fiver off the tickets? That will make it easier for the attendees. That equates to a huge number yeah, for us. If, if, you've got, if you've got a thousand guests, that's five grand. If you've got five, exactly, yep. five pounds. grand straight off the bat. Off the yep. bat. And that's the thing. Every, every pound is a grand. And so, and so you literally, we can't afford to... People think that, that, that... I think people have this idea that our prices are set uh, to make to make money, or, or even yeah, that they're expensive because for some reason they're not. They're expensive because that's well. I can tell you, it costs roughly. Yeah. Uh, well, I, can't, I won't give you figures, but it costs more than a standard ticket per person. Per person. Yeah, to run the con. Yeah. It's, it costs more per person to run the convention than the cost of a standard ticket. And the only reason we can afford to drop them to 80 is because other people are paying 335 or 190 for... That's why, that's why the Celestia tickets and the 20 cent calls are so important. Not because we're trying to screw money out of people, but because they are literally subsidising the price of the tickets for everyone else. And the only way we could drop the £80 ticket to less is if we asked the Celestias to pay even more. And that's not fair. Yeah. So, but I, to be honest, I've actually learned a lot in this interview. We've hit an hour, guys, and I've got quite a bit of questions. So, are we going to wrap it up mm -hmm. or are we going to go on? I think we've got quite a fair bit of content. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we've been here for over an hour, so yeah. I think we've got a. Uh, well, this, is, this, this is an average length meeting for us. Yeah, yeah this, this is small time. This is small. It's not four hours. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think. Let me let me just end, end on one thing. Uh, oh, give me a second. I'll just put an ending note and ending. Yeah, just got, elaborate if you've on got any, if you've got any questions, we can do some bloody quick fire rapid ones. Yeah, but just just as just, yeah. just as a summary, I just want to say look, that that we created Buck to promote the community in Britain, uh, and it's grown to promoting the community worldwide. We're here for the community. We work with the community. We're we're you know we're part of the community and. And we, we really, really try to get the community involved. And I, I feel 
that people don't realise that and that they're not supporting us uh, because they think that we have some sort of hidden agenda. And I just want to say, you know, we don't have a hidden agenda. We're here because we enjoy doing it. It's for the fun of it. It's for the, you know, for the fact that, well, at the end of the day, my payment is that at the end of the closing ceremony, I have a thousand people cheering. That's what I enjoy. I enjoy being on stage at the end of the convention and hearing a thousand people go, when's next year? That's what we get out of it. And we hope that you, you know, people said, some people said that Buck was the best convention they'd ever been to. Not just better than Brewingcon, not just better than uh, MCM, better than anything they'd ever been to ever before. Uh, I just hope that those people who said that will uh, make some noise on our behalf and uh, encourage other people to come because I guarantee you that Buck will be the best convention you've ever been to. Nothing. I don't think um, you might want to say that, Marv, because some people might start putting in significantly not as described. I dare them to. I mean, the fact, the fact is, 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 you know, it's not going to be perfect, but it will be very, very, very good. And make it a weekend to remember, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Right. Thanks, Matt. Right. Thanks, Graham. Thanks. Thanks, James. This was a good interview, and um, we'll yeah. try and have the article up by Friday or the end of the weekend. Uh, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Um, Jim, do you want? Uh, have you got Google Docs, Jim? Um, I'll just paste this. Um, you want me to just add you to the writer list on the blogger? Yeah, that works as well. <laughs> yeah, just shoot me your email. Okay, right. I'll shoot that now. Um, right. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much for your time. No yeah. Yeah. It's been nice to be here. Lo lovely. See you. Bye.